Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I have some notes I'm going to be working off of. I hope that's okay with you. I never stopped anything so cold in all my life. That was amazing. <laughs> you guys were clapping so much. And now you look like you've never clapped in your lives. That applause is so far in the rearview mirror right now. That's amazing. How quickly. Yeah! Um, um, I was on an airplane and there was a Hasidic Jewish man uh, trying to put an enormous bag under the seat. It doesn't matter that he was Hasidic, but it's a detail. <laughs> it's detail. When you try to put enormous bags under seats, folks notice the kind of person you are. They make note. <laughs> they say some Chinese guy, whatever you are, they're going to describe you. They're not just gonna say, a man put a little giant thing under his seat. What kind of man? Not important. Just a fellow. No, this guy. Trying to shove this thing under the seat. No one can leave because he's not going to not do it. And the flight attendant was a guy. Uh, and I'm not going to say he was gay because that's not important. Uh, it doesn't enter into the story. I'm going to call the Jewish guy a Jewish guy. And I'm going to call the gay guy just some guy. How do you like that? Isn't that unfair? I'm not going to identify him as gay because I don't want to discredit them. <laughs> Actually, he didn't do anything wrong. So, uh, boy, this what a disaster this is right now. <laughs> um, Jewish guy trying to put the thing under the seat, and the guy's going, sir, it's not going to fit. It's, he was only slightly gay, like that. He wasn't like, sir, it's not going to fit. Ah! No, he just said, sir... It's not going to fit. It's going to fit. I know it's going to fit. It's going to fit. I'm telling you. Duh, Moses. <laughs> I, I, I heard that ducks have one hole. I don't know if you know that, but ducks have one hole. And they pee out of it, and they shit out of it. They get in it, and they lay eggs out of it. That has got to be one smelly, dirty hole. That hole has got to be a pretty awful place. I feel a little bad for the man duck because ducks are monogamous. I don't know if you know that, but ducks stay in their relationships forever. And by the time that duck gets to be 48, her husband must be like, dude... That shit sucks. I hate it. And then he goes and f a swan or something. His wife's like, why are you f for? She's got an asshole. That's why. She's got an asshole. Okay? I got a green head. I don't know what that means. Just somehow. They got green heads. They deserve more. Uh, speaking of animal-type humor that's not totally finished, uh, I... 
I actually, I have this joke joke, like, a, you know, animals talking to each other type joke that I don't know how to finish it. I know what's funny about it, but I don't know how to finish it. What, basically, it's about a lion who goes up to a giraffe and he says, hey, man, uh, did you see that dude? And the giraffe's like, what dude? And he goes, he's that dude. He lives by the river in a hut. And the giraffe goes, what does he look like? And the lion goes, he looks like this. And the giraffe's like, well, I know a dude that lives by the river, but he didn't look like that. He goes, no, that's what he looks he's like. Ah! The giraffe says, I, I know a guy, but he looks like this. See, the lion just thinks that people look like that. The lion doesn't get that he makes a person look like that by scaring the shit out of him. He just thinks that, hey, that's that dude that's always going, ah! That's who, what he's like. My daughter told me a joke the other day, and uh, she tells great jokes. Um, they're, not, they're, they're not like anybody else's jokes. That's why I like them. I've been doing comedy for 25 years. I know every joke. Even if I haven't heard it, you start telling me a joke, I know, I know how it's going to work. But her jokes, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I have no idea. This is the joke she told me the other day. She said, uh, who didn't let the gorilla... <laughs> into the ballet. Who didn't let the gorilla into the ballet? Already, I love this joke. I love this joke. I have not heard this joke. This is a new joke for me. Who didn't let the gorilla into the ballet? And I said, who? And she said, just the people who are in charge of that decision. Just the folks who make that assessment. They, uh, their judgment was that it was, uh, wasn't a good idea to let him in. I love this joke because I know, I picture it. I tell whole stories in my head of people going into a ballet theater and the gorilla's just trying to text and not make eye contact, just kind of, just trying to go in and it's cool. And somebody, ah, no, 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 you, no, no. Well, yeah, you. Yes, the gorilla. I'm talking to the gorilla. Why not, man? Because you're a gorilla. I don't even have to say anything. Don't I get any credit for talking and wanting to go to a ballet? Doesn't that buy me any credibility? No, man, it's a long show. It's three hours. You're not gonna, I'm telling you, you're not gonna make it. You're okay now, but halfway through, you're gonna start pounding on people. And that's just the way you guys are, man. I ain't, I ain't. I ain't gonna get burned like that again. <laughs> gorilla kills everybody at the ballet once, shame on the gorilla. <laughs> I got married when I was 28, divorced when I was 42. Somebody please tell me how long that is. Thank you. That's my wife. Uh, <laughs> I was married when I was 28. I got divorced when I was 42, so I was married for 14 years. And so getting divorced is like stepping out of a time machine that traveled you 14 years. But it's a really shitty time machine. It's the kind of time machine where it takes the real amount of time to take you <laughs> to the future. It's basically just a, like a, if a time machine was a box that you get in and sit in it for two years 
and then it's two years later. <laughs> That's really what marriage is. I've never gotten laid because the way I look in my life. I know that. I've never gained from my looks at all. It's never, it's not like, oh, they're going. What am I gonna do now? I've never gained any advantage in life. I've never been laid because of the way I look. I've never been a guy who I just walk in a room and uh, women go, oh. <laughs> they drop their microphones and start masturbating their vaginas and anuses at the same time. I'm not that guy. There are those guys. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that women see and they go, eh? And I'm like, I know, but let me just talk to you for a minute. And then later that night, she's like, I can't believe I'm having sex with that weird guy. And I'm like, I know, it's weird, but it does happen. I do this. I don't know what... What kind of position we're in that she's doing this and I'm doing this. Just kind of just poking her. She's like, really? Yeah, this is all I like. I don't, nothing else works. Sorry. So they taught us sex in school. And all they did was scare the shit out of me. Because they show you these diagrams of like a penis, just this huge penis, and it's cut in half lengthwise. Like, yeah, that's what your dick would look like if I ripped off half of it and threw it in the garbage. I didn't understand anything that they taught us. It was just scared me, because I thought, like, I was a bad student. I had a hard time focusing on what they were telling me about all these tubes and shit. I thought for, like, five years that went from watching this whole thing, that when you have sex, you come and one of your balls comes out. That's what I thought happened, <laughs> that you have to come a ball out of that little hole, the tip of your dick. I was terrified. That's what I thought you just, and you push a ball out and she's screaming and there's blood everywhere. And you can only do it twice and then you're out of balls. That's what I thought. You come twice and have two babies and then you just walk around with an empty sack for the rest of your life, which turned out to be true, but. I guess I feel like I should go out and get laid, but I don't have sex drive, really. I have, it's not sex drive. I have sex, just sit in the car and hope someone gets in. There's not really, it's not drive. Sex drive has to come from somewhere, and it's not just about sex. Sex has something behind it, and it's weird because we ignore it. Sex is really trying to get somewhere. It's, it's trying to have a family. You don't really want to know that because we've separated those two things. But the entire reason sex exists is to have babies. That's the only reason it exists at all. But we're such a narcissistic species that we've separated. We've made it just because we just want to... Like, we just want to just... It's just a weird kind of behavior. We just want to spray jizz everywhere just for no reason. Because that urge is to urge to procreate. A, a horny teenage boy is thinking, oh, I want a baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want a precious baby of my very own to take care of. Oh, dude. Oh, look at her tits. I want her to feed my little baby with her big tits. Oh, yeah. That's what that is. But we make it this separate thing. Animals must think we're idiots. 
animals that watches have sex must be like, they don't know what they're... they're he's coming on her tits. He's a moron, this guy. <laughs> just whoops. It just looks stupid to them. If no one... If no one ever said you should not have sex with animals, I would totally have sex with animals all of the time. The only reason I don't have sex with animals is because I'm not supposed to and somebody told it to me. I would totally have sex with most monkeys, probably. <laughs> Why not? No, you know what? I wouldn't for one reason, because I think it would be rape. I don't think any animal is attracted to any human being. I don't think it's morally wrong. I really don't, except for that I don't think the animal's into it. If you can get an animal horny, go ahead, man. Go ahead and f it. If you can, if you can finger a monkey and the monkey's like, ooh. Get in there, man. You earned it. You earned it. I really think if there was, if, the, if, if I was alone on the Earth, if I found myself alone on planet Earth, no other humans, I would have sex with a monkey in like two minutes. <laughs> two, <laughs> two minutes. That's really not long enough to be sure you're alone on the Earth even. That's, that's like getting a little... <laughs> I walk outside, it's, there's not much traffic. Oh my God, it's just me. I'm gonna have sex with a monkey right now. Oh no, there's a person. When I, was, uh, I, when I graduated high school, all my friends went to college. And I didn't. I was a very bad student, and there was no... I could have gotten into some college, but why keep failing? Why just keep being in trouble all the time and doing things badly? So I just figured, I'll just go work, do things. So... I moved in with my only friend who I wasn't very good friends with, but he did also didn't go to college. So we got an apartment in Boston. And uh, so we're both 18 years old, living in downtown Boston, and uh, he, we lived in one room. We slept in the same room, this little tiny studio apartment. And uh, so one time he started making jokes about jerking off. He's like, you jerk off a lot? You know, do you want me to leave the room so you can jerk off? Like he kept saying that. Hey man, if you need me to leave so you can jerk off. I'll do that or whatever. And I was like, well, hey, what about what you would jerk off? And he goes, I don't, I don't do that. And I was like, what? And he goes, I never have done it. And I was like, are you serious? I was blown away by this. He said, I've never done it. He goes, I kind of wish I could, but I just can't bring myself to do it. It's too weird. Like, I get weirded out. I, I, I've never done it. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, I never jerked off. And he told me that. And, uh, and I, that stuck in me for years because I thought, there's folks that cannot do it. Because to me, this shit is just a plague. I'll never escape this shit. There's moments I've done this that I really would like to take back. But I had, it's just, you know, sometimes I'm all packed, ready. I got bags of roll, and I go, oh, I gotta sit down and jerk off before I leave the house. There's, it's just a constant insulin injection that I need to get. And I really hate it. I, I'd love to never have to jerk off. And this, and it's always, I've always thought, I, there's something wrong with me, because there's a dude who was pretty normal, who just said, I don't do it. 
Anyway, I ran into him about two years ago, and he said to me, remember when I, we talked about jerking off? And I said, yes. <laughs> he said, uh, I, don't, I don't know why I was like ashamed to talk about it with you, but I was jerking off constantly. <laughs> so, he said, I've been jerking off since I was 11. And when we lived together, I used to go in the bathroom and jack off all the time, and I was afraid to tell you. And I was like, if I could, if I could murder one person, it would be you. <laughs> I could kill one guy, it would be you, you piece of shit. There is some sense that when you're out there looking for somebody, you're trying to get, you're trying to spread your seed. Uh, really, guys would like w all women to just lay on the ground with their legs open, and we could just spray like a mist. Just, <laughs> just mists of cum that then trickle down. But I'm not one of those guys who could just walk up to women and start talking to them. Like, there's guys, like, there's a lot of uh, sinewy black guys uh, that, wear, that wear puka beads. Not, not hard brothers from the hood. Like, uh, with, like, a suede vest with nothing else on. Suede vest, both nipples showing. Good stomach, puka bead necklace. You know, like those, those bracelets that are like just leather. And he's, I'm getting a little hard just picturing this guy. This guy is sexy. This guy gets laid. This guy gets laid. There's that thing we just call a hot woman. Like there's a lot of guys who say, how do I talk to the hot girls? Why do you want to talk to a hot girl? Why would you want to talk to somebody with a drink and go, ah? Why would you want to have that conversation? You own a landscaping business. You're incredible. You're an amazing human being. You started a landscaping business from nothing. <laughs> her, man. Go, go get a, find a woman, an old, kind of your age, late 30s, Jewish girl, smokes, and gives tough hand jobs. You know, I love, I love Jewish girls. Because they just go, come on, and they're awesome. I'm gonna suck it, all right? You ready? Totally, suck it, you dirty Jew, I love you. You know, it's really sad about men that we can't have a beautiful thought about a woman that isn't followed by a disgusting thought about that same woman. We're not capable of it. We can't do one without the other. If you're a woman and a guy's ever said anything romantic to you, he just left off the second part that would have made you sick if you could have heard it. That's how our brains work. She's an angel, and I want her to drown in my cum. That's the closest we can get to poetry in our hearts. We love you, we really do. We think you're angels and we want you to drown in our cum. We want to drench your angel wings that carry you to heaven with our sticky, gooey, disgusting jism. That's what we want! I'm sorry, it's just the way we are. Heterosexual men have a big burden that we put on ourselves, which is that we want to be identified as heterosexual men. We're the only ones that care. We're the only sexual group that gives a shit that we are not mistaken for anything else. Nobody else cares. I don't know any women that are worried someone will think they're a lesbian. I've never heard a gay guy say, everybody's gonna think I'm straight. It just doesn't happen. We're the only ones that care 
And it, it's a drag for us because we, th there's a lot of things that we maybe could do that might be nice. But we can't because someone will think we're gay. We can't even throw some words around. You can't really throw wonderful around so much. You can't say wonderful unless you say it like in a gay voice to be funny. Oh, it's wonderful. Like you can do that. <laughs> like I would never really say that. No, but it was wonderful. It was. I can't just say that about anything. No, that strip club was wonderful. It was wonderful. Anyway, I'm a... <clears throat> I'm a father. I'm a father. Why? Why? It's weird the kind of things people clap for. It is interesting. First of all, right away, any kind of, like, I got kids. There you go. I ate them both. Oh. Wish I'd had, uh, wish I'd waited. Maybe a premature clap right there with that. I mean, some parents are okay. Some parents are douchebags. It's just the days that you spend with them. That's really the hardest part. It's just every day that you have them is the hardest part of having kids. It's just every day. It's getting up at six o'clock in the morning, which first of all, I'm not that guy. Six o'clock in the morning. I have blown off entire careers because of one day I didn't want to get out of bed. Like, oh, I'll just not be that then. <laughs> I have to, first of all, I gotta get them dressed. That's number one, because that's the one that people will notice. That's the only one. If that's the only one that I get done, I'll be okay. I, cause I can't, if I show up with a two naked kids, I'll go to jail. So I have to, but I can not feed them. They know they're fine, I ate, they're just a little tired. It's fine. <laughs> And then I gotta get him to school, which means walking. The, the older one goes to kindergarten, it's third grade, Jesus Christ. I just said kindergarten, and she's in third grade. You know what's even worse? She's not, she's in second grade. <laughs> Every day you spend with your kids is torture. And it's, because I love them. If I didn't love them, it would, wouldn't matter. I just play poker with my friends, come home later, oh, they're dead. But I love them. I, uh, I wiped my daughter's ass for the last time on May 13th of 2008. And I remember this moment because it was a big moment in my life. Because when you have children, they start as babies and they shit all over the place. But then finally they can, they can use the toilet, but they can't wipe their ass. So you have to wipe their ass. That's the last thing you do for your kid that's like an intimate bathroom thing is wipe their ass. And, I, and one day it stops. And I remember the day. Uh, I said the date, but I, I don't remember it now because I'm lying. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, because I, I, I had always wiped her ass all that time, and it, it's just a thing you do. I didn't even think about it. I said, Daddy, I need a wipe! And then I come in, I'm on the phone, like, yeah, fine, okay. So. Anyway, so I wiped her ass one day, and she said, thank you very much, Daddy. And I was like, that was a little too eloquent, a thank you for somebody who I just wiped shit out of her asshole. I, I want to hear, like, thank you, Dada. I don't, I don't want to hear like that was, that was very gracious of you father I don't know I'm supposed to give my kids values I don't, I don't have any of those I used to but they're melting away 
They finally are. You know, you get, you get instilled with values by your parents and by school, whatever else. You know, society teaches you things, makes you, teaches you how to be a good person. But you ever feel for your real values inside? Like who you would be if you had no guidance? Like, I think about that sometimes. Like, what are the things I believe in my marrow that I can't really, <laughs> that had to be shaved away? They're coming back now. Like, here's one. I really, somewhere deep down, I believe that if you murder somebody and you'd never get caught, it's fine. <laughs> You kind of didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Another thing I believe they deep down again is that gay people should stop doing that. <laughs> because, and not for any moral or societal reason, I don't give a shit, I have gay friends. That's love. It's you should respect what they want to do with their lives. But they're just, they're doing it wrong. It's not supposed to be two vaginas smushed together. It doesn't make any sense. It's like two buckets and you hold the openings against each other. There's nothing being accomplished. You need to put a thing in a thing, otherwise what's, what are you doing? I mean, gay guys, I get it, because they're putting a dick in a place. In an ass of a man, which by the way, what better place to put a dick than a man's ass? It's perfect. It's, even a vagina is awkward, you have to go up and in and you have to kind of, or she has to splay herself and you have to go like this. It just looks weird even. But a guy, you just walk up to him and your dick's in his ass. That's it, you just walk up behind him. And it's that simple. Just, I'm gay. That's it, you just walk up, you're gay. And then somebody goes into you. That's how we were packed originally to save space. But the two holes, what the hell are you doing? It's wrong. Not morally, just geometrically. <laughs> I think there's a, a hell and I think I'm going. And uh, like a friend of mine was telling me about how he had sex with a hooker and it turned out to be a guy. And it was like a horrible thing for him and he had to get over it with therapy. And as I'm listening to this, I realized, shit, that happened to me too. And the upsetting part of it wasn't that it happened, but that I had forgotten. <laughs> this wasn't like a landmark in my life, like it was for him. I was like, oh yeah, no shit, I the guy once back in Montreal. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was at the airport with my kids. It was JFK, and uh, they had to go to the bathroom, and I had to go to the bathroom. So take yourself through that logically. Where do I, what do I do? What do I do? I can't take them to the ladies' room. I can't just go, go on in there, girls into the public restroom of an international airport, just release my custody of them to whoever's in there. Go ahead, good luck to you. Maybe I'll see you later. So I gotta take them into the men's room. That's what I have to do, is take them into the John F. Kennedy Airport men's room. Look, girls, nine penises. Nine penises that are all peeing at the same time. Nine farting men from all over the world with their dicks out, shaking off droplets of pee from their syphilitic penises. Look, three of them have foreskins. You can see the difference now. What am I gonna do? 
So I usher them past the, the parade of penises into a stall, the, the, the Shangri-La of a stall, the, the sanctity of, of an airport bathroom stall, number five out of ten. And we're in there like this, and there's a guy shitting, and there's a guy sh Right here, there's, I'm looking at the foot of a shitting man. This foot, he's trying to get leverage so he can shit harder. And he is shitting like, oh my God, just plop, plop, plop. It sounded like soup cans and pennies just tumbling into the water. Like his asshole dilated like this and the world fell out of it into the toilet. And he's going, Ugh! and then I hear him go. Oh! So now I know that he's spitting past his dick into his own shit and piss. And he's literally 14 inches away from my daughter's little face. And I get to know that that's what's going on in there. I, like, I'm always in a 48-hour window of diarrhea. Either that I had it or I'll be having it within 48 hours of any given moment. There's always two diarrheas running up along the slide of my life and I'm in somewhere. And depending on how, where in that window I am dictates how much of a radius from my home I'm willing to venture. <laughs> Otherwise I'm having diarrhea in a public restroom with my kids standing there watching me because they're little, I can't leave them out in a place. <laughs> Daddy, I don't want you to have diarrhea. Sorry, honey, you want to go to the aquarium, is what happens. I told you, let's go to the deli and buy daily news and go home, but you want to get all fancy and go to the aquarium, so you gotta watch daddy shit water out of his asshole. I have two kids, and I should totally be saving for them, and I'm totally not saving for them at all. It's really bad how I'm not preparing for their future or even their near present. I'm, it's so irresponsible and unfair. I know it's wrong, but part of me feels like, why should they get the money anyway? They didn't do the shows. Why should they get the money? Why should they get paid for shit I did? It doesn't really make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that kids get your money after you're gone. It's like when we used to let kings take over for their fathers. That's the craziest rule that ever existed. That if the king dies, they let his kid be the king. What are the odds that he's not going to be a piece of shit? How do you let that... That's one of the weirdest things that we've ever done as a race of people. I mean, all of us. White people, I mean, there were black kings too. Uh, African countries. There's never been a black king of England. That's never gonna happen. That is one color line that's never gonna get, don't even hope, man, it ain't gonna happen. There's not gonna be a black king of England. I mean, after all that white that's been pumped into their blood for years, they've just been this kind of jizzy white color for all these generations. Purpley. They're all, that every 
British royal looks like cock meat. That's what their faces look like, an Irish penis. That's what they look like. Someone took an Irishman's penis and stretched it out and drew a face on it with Sharpie. Just, that's what they look like. Putting the kids, putting the kids to, to bed is torture. That's the hardest thing in the world to do because they don't want to sleep. They're just laying there. They have to sleep. It's important that they sleep. Otherwise, they're just pieces of shit the next day. I want to sleep. I just want to stop them. I want it to stop. And I love my kids. They're great. But I just want, at the end of the day, I got nothing left. And they're just laying there like clockwork orange. They have no interest in going to sleep. I just want to stop their ceaseless joy for life. So I can watch Cash Cab and Jack off and pass out. I want the joy and challenge of parenthood to end so I can go eat all the ice cream in the freezer that they have no idea is there. And it would break their hearts if they knew how much ice cream I keep in the house. It's like a restaurant. It's a disgusting amount of ice cream. And it's not for them. I never give them ice cream. It's mine. I wait till they're asleep and I eat it in, in their room above their beds in the dark. Right, it's mine. They won't fall asleep. And they say all sorts of cool stuff in the, in, at night, too, but I don't want to hear it. I don't. I want them to be asleep. The other night, I thought my kids, I was like, I think they're asleep. Then I hear, Daddy, birds are like paintbrushes that make colors in the sky. <laughs> Honey, shut your mouth right now. <laughs> Just shut your goddamn mouth! I will kill a bird in front of you. I love that kid. I love that kid to pieces. But I wish he was never born. That's how it feels in certain tiny moments. Any parent who is honest will tell you that you live with that ambivalence. You just have it. You look at the face of your beautiful, lovely child and you think two things at the exact same time. I love this kid so much that it's changed my whole life. I love people, other people more because of how much I love her. I love people that have died years ago more. Like my love has traveled time because of how much I love her and she loves me back. She's completely given value to life that didn't exist before. And I regret every decision that led to her birth. That's how it feels. Well, when you have children, like I was, I was talking to my daughter the other day and I was talking to her like this. I was bent over and I was talking like this. I have no idea what I was talking about. I think I even forgot while I was saying it. I just was upset and I was talking to her like this. And she's looking up at me with this face, like coping, like looking at me like, I, uh, and I realized I'm her first asshole. Like I'm the first one. I was reading to my kids the other night. We have a rule that if they get their teeth brushed <laughs> and their goddamn pajamas on by 7.30 I'll read a book those are the rules I'm always glad when they get ready because I like to read to them and I do I love reading to my girls so we read a book the other night we were reading uh, Tom Sawyer I'm reading them Tom Sawyer 
because Mark Twain, great author, and they're five and nine years old. They're young for it, but they catch up to it, and they're fascinated by all the language. He uses big words and beautiful writer. And I, I picked Tom Sawyer, not Huckleberry Finn, because Tom Sawyer is a nice kid. Goes to school, he goes to church, lives with his aunts. Now, Huckleberry Finn is a dirty little homeless, little white trash creep. And the main problem is that he won't stop saying nigger. I mean, 40 times a page. I, I can't sit on my daughter's bed and just say nigger all night and then put her to sleep. I just ain't gonna do that. Anyway, I'm reading him Tom Sawyer and it's a real nice book, but then all of a sudden he runs into Huckleberry Finn on the street. And then Tom saw his friend Huck Finn. I'm like, oh God, okay. All right, let's take it easy here, fellas. Let's just have a nice, quiet conversation here. Let's see how this goes. Huckleberry Finn was carrying a dead cat. It's not a good sign. He's carrying a, he's walking around with a dead cat. Tom Sawyer says, what you doing with a dead cat, Huck? Huck Finn says, gonna cure my warts. All right. My kids are fascinated. <laughs> Who told you you could cure warts with a dead cat? Well, Tom Wilson did it. He learned it from Jack Johnson, who learned it from some nigger down the street. Oh, God. All right, girls, listen. Here's the thing. America... People would say this word, and it's not a good word, and I don't know why. I'm sounding Bill Cosby right now. <laughs> the people used to say this word, and this is not a nice word to say. And so we remember. <laughs> I told the girls, you know, these boys are racists. <laughs> these boys are racists, and they're not nice boys. I think we can still enjoy the stories about the fishing and the trading and... It's weird, man. There's a, you know, that's part of our history and we gotta, uh, we have to know it's there. And how do you cope with shit in your past that's bad? Like, how do you try to feel like a good country when you've done shitty things as an entire nation? How do you take your past and, and still feel good? You know, like I probably, when I was eight years old, I showed my penis to a girl with Down syndrome that lived down the street. And I, I gotta walk around living with that every day. I gotta wake up as that guy. I was eight, if I did it yesterday, it would be considered a lot worse. But I'm still the dude that did that. I was just a kid, but this is still the penis that I showed to the girl with Down syndrome by the dumpster behind Kentucky Fried Chicken. That happened. Those were my values at eight years old. And I know that's an awkward thing to equate to slavery in America, but it's kind of the same thing. Because that shit happened here. The 10-year-old is more complicated. She asked me a lot of questions that I have to sort of be ready for them. Uh, she asked me, what is prejudice? And they told her in school to ask me. Uh, they, well, they said, ask somebody in your life. And so she asked me, she says, what is prejudice? And I was like, well, and she's like, oh, why did I ask you? Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is gonna be a nightmare. So I told her prejudice is uh, that you judge before prejudice. 
prejudged it is. You judge before, that's what prejudice is. You judged before you knew anything. You say, ah, he's gonna think, because he's one of those, so he's gonna think. That's prejudice. And she asked me, have you ever been prejudiced? And I was like, oh. Oh, oh my. Oh, well, I wasn't prepared for such questions. I said, uh, I mean, you gotta examine yourself once in a while. You can't just this, you can't just go, I voted for Obama, I can't be prejudiced, it's impossible. You have to still check yourself. What have I done lately, have I... And I, well, I've had prejudice, like, uh, that's different, like, I wanna Scarlett Johansson. That's, I don't know her, but I, I never met her or saw her in person. But I, I just know. Come on. I just know that would be the greatest thing that ever happened to me and the worst thing that ever happened to her. But, uh, I don't even jerk off to her. That's how much I like her. I, I, I don't, I just know. I just, I still just jerk off to that wedding album I found in the garbage. But, uh, I just think there's people that it, your life, you know, if it's good enough, you should just shut up. There's just some people that complain when they don't, they shouldn't. I have two kids, and I think about them sometimes. And that, like, I, am, I got two little white girls in my house. That's a reality. These are two little white girls. On paper, they're doing awesome. Just by who they are and where they are. So when they complain, it kind of drives me crazy. Because I know what the world is like around them. They have no idea. I gave my daughter medicine the other day. She had a fever, so I gave her Tylenol. It's bubblegum flavored. So that she'll take it. Kind of an upside down society is this. Oh, how are we going to get these children to take these miracle drugs? We better add candy to it. I gave her the bubblegum medicine. She goes, ew. I'm like, you, ew. Are you shitting me? That's medicine. Most kids in the world don't have medicine. They just don't have it. When they get sick, they just, they die on a rock with a bear eating their face. That's how most of the world handles that. No, he's got a sniffle. Ring the bear bell and put him outside. You're a white kid eating bubblegum medicine. You're wearing clothes made by children your age professionally. Oh, sorry. Americans only buy things that come from suffering. They just enjoy it more when they know someone's getting hurt. I mean, sometimes you see a person on the street who's in a state of life that you couldn't imagine having the courage to live. You ever seen somebody? You ever seen a person and you, you look at them and you go, that w I would just kill myself if I woke up like that. I would just kill myself. I don't have the courage. And it's a, it's a comment on me, not them. I couldn't live like that. I, got, I get to go like this. And if I had to go like this, I'd blow my brains out. I can't do it. I have only the courage for a perfect life. I really do. Anything below perfect, I ain't doing it. I ain't being one of those guys. I don't even want to be cold in the winter. You know when you see somebody, they just have a flannel shirt without a jacket, and they're just being cold and their face is purple in spots? Couldn't do it.
I saw an old lady I couldn't be. I was walking behind this lady. This is a weird sentence. I saw an old lady that I couldn't be. I was walking behind her, and she had just a spine that was just dog shit. Her spine sucked ass. I'm saying this in like as her friend. Her spine sucked dick. Just she's just one of these people. And she's walking in front of me like this. And she had a collar on her shirt that was very high. And so I couldn't even see her head. She had looked like she had no head. Just like this with no head. And I remember, first thing I thought was her doctor is an asshole. Because he could have told her. He could have said to her, listen, just so you know, now that you're like this, if you were a high collar, it's spooky for people behind you. It's spooky from the back, sad from the front, and kind of funny from the side. Amazing how entitled people think they are. People really think that they have shit coming to them, you know? And people think nothing bad should ever happen to them. For some reason, you shouldn't even have accidents happen to you. I was in a restaurant the other day, this guy, they spilled, the waiter spilled some stuff on his coat, and he did that thing we all do now when we get stuff spilled, he was like, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> Just so outraged. <laughs> do you know who I am? Yeah, you're the asshole who was sitting there when that happened, so what? <laughs> Maybe you'll get hit by a car someday. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> you're not entitled to anything in this world. You have to realize that from the moment you're born, from the moment the last of your body leaves your mother's vagina, from the moment that your foot stops touching your mother's vagina for the last time, hopefully, unless you later kick your mother in the vagina, which you should not do. Just my opinion, but you should not. There are very few legitimate reasons to kick your mother in the vagina. There's uh, seven of them, actually. But I'm not gonna tell you what they are, because you'll, uh, I know what you'll do. Here's the thing. I have two children, and the thing that scares me the most is that they disappear. That's the nothing that scares me most more than them disappearing. Uh, that's every parent's worst fear. Now, why do kids disappear sometimes? I think it's because somebody took them and had sex with them. And once you have sex with a kid, you, you gotta toss them because people hate folks who have sex with kids more than pretty much anything. If you murder somebody, folks will find you a reason. Ah, you were upset, uh, you hadn't, you know, you didn't have, you were dehydrated, whatever. So here's the thing. So if you have sex with a kid, you gotta chuck them out because if you because if, so, if the kid tells anybody, you're, you're screwed. Um, so here's I can't help thinking that if we could take down a few notches the hatred for kid having sex people, uh, at least you get the kid back. That's what I'm trying to say. Is is that the guy could just call you? Hey, I just kid. You want me to bring him to soccer or drop him at your house? Um, does does he have any nut allergies? Because he just uh, he just ate some cashew butter. I know, listen, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. I know that's hard to hear. I know that's hard to hear, but it's true. It's true. 
that if we minded child molesting less, less kids would die. That's true. Now, I don't know what to do with that information. I don't have a way to apply that to anything that's helpful. If there is a God, then that dude is an asshole, which I know is not a popular belief, but I do think he's an asshole because every story, Abraham, he went to Abraham in the middle of the night. There's only like eight guys then, and God would just once in a while, he'd just bother one of them. So... God went to Abraham's house and he's like, Abraham! Abraham! Wake up, man! And Abraham's like, dude, what? What is up? What is up? And God goes, kill your son! Dude, kill your son! And Abraham's like, you mean Isaac? I don't know his name, just kill him! Just kill him! Ah. I'm God, kill him. And Abraham goes, why? Because you don't love me if you don't do it. You don't love me. Do it! So Abraham's like, dude, you are insecure. I don't understand you. But okay, fine. Goes, wakes up at Isaac takes him to a mountain somewhere. I don't know why he had to be all drama queen about it and take him to a mountain. Could have just killed him in his sleep and go back to sleep. But he took him to a, woke the poor kid up, dressed him, took him to a mountain. Kid's like, daddy, what are we doing? Oh, just gonna murder you. Goes like this, God shows up right before he does it. Goes, hey, what are you doing? This is in the Bible, I swear to God. Isaac and Abraham goes, I'm killing Isaac. And God's like, why would you? That's your kid. What is wrong with you? And he's like, oh, uh. And he just went home feeling like a piece of shit. That God is like a shitty girlfriend. You won't do it because you don't love me. Okay, I'll do it. Why are you doing it? What the f*** do you want from me? But that's a sin, to say the Lord's name in vain. But you don't even have to say something that terrible. You can go to hell just for saying Jesus Christ with a tone in your voice. It's all the tone in your voice. That's the weird part. It's a very subtle sin, because you can say, Jesus Christ, you're fine. But if you say, Jesus Christ, you go to hell forever. <laughs> just for saying it like that. There must be at least one dude who was right on the line. Who was like, Jesus Christ. And then he was in hell. He's like, seriously? For that? That's it? Seriously? It was a huge pumpkin. What was I going to not say anything? <laughs> it's one of the top ten commandments. It's in the ten commandments to not take the Lord's name in vain. Rape isn't up there, by the way. Rape is not a ten commandment. But don't say the dude's name with a shitty attitude. <laughs> I think it's so unfair, though to send people to hell for saying Jesus Christ because it's just too satisfying. I don't know why that is, but it just feels good. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, it just feels good. It cleans you out. I don't know why. Whether you're anger or in pain or having sex or all three at the same time. What did folks say before that dude? How did anybody express themselves in a big moment before Jesus? Even the people that knew him. How did they, how did they, what, the people watching him be crucified, what could they even say? Watching that happen, they're like, 
Scheiße. That is bananas. My favorite thing to do is sleep now. I love sleep. Sleep is like, that's my thing. I love it. And my kids don't let me. They get me up at 6 in the morning. I don't have to get up till like 7 a.m. to get them to school. They wake up at 6. They don't, I don't even understand this shit. With getting out of bed before you have to. They wake up and they're like... Pew! They're so excited and they want it. I get it. They want to share it with me. Daddy, look, it's all still here. That hurts my brain. Because at 6 a.m., I'm just, ugh, I'm so deep in the, in the deep African sleep. Like, it's just an ancient, mysterious, submerged in a river of warm chocolate, just... And sleep was like a goddess whore just sucking me off, just... Uh, she's got a gold helmet and 40 tongues, and she's... And she's speaking in a dead language. Uh, and she's feeding syrupy heroin into my penis while she's sucking. Oh, let this be my life, please. Let this be real. Let this be real. Daddy, no. Oh, shit. Daddy, wake up. Thanks a lot, folks. Good night. Thank you very much.